are in for a treat today for this episode of Intuition, Your First Sense. I invited Margot Neely to come on, whom I've known for years, but honestly did not know everything she was up to in her life. I've known her to be this amazingly intuitive, creative person who has such a great sense of humor, outlook on life, and has two adorable children and a pretty handsome husband who is extremely talented in his own right. So I wanted to bring her perspective because I feel like she has so much to offer as a soul in this world, as a human who is listening to her intuition, who is allowing it to be part of her professional life, and who is actually bravely stepping out there to say, this is who I am, this is what I do, and you could benefit from my skill set and from being in my life. And I certainly have benefited from being in her life. So here we go. Two chicks who talk very fast and a lot, and I don't even remember a lot of what we said, but I know it was such an amazing connection, and I'm so grateful to be able to bring it to you today. So listen up and learn how to embrace being who you are. Margo Neely. Take two. (laughs) Those of you who are joining us at this episode of podcast, which I have called intuitive sisterhood is what I labeled it in my um, editing system. (laughs) Uh, We recorded this last week and it didn't take a gobbledygook of the technology and signal in both of our locations just didn't grab. So I'm thinking this is going to be even more brilliant. So thanks for coming back. Thank you for back. Bigger and better than ever. <laughs> doing it. We're doing it. We don't, again, not really sure where this is going, but conversations with Margot are always infectious in a good kind of way, not in a creepy COVID kind of way. Oh. Um, it lit up so smart, so smart. And this is what I feel like is needed in the world right now is literally the bravery to have these conversations, to be willing to say, um, I think this, I believe that. What do you think? What do you think? And to have these lit up, inspired conversations. And one of the things that I enjoy the most, and then I'm going to let you talk, I really will, uh, is following you on social media Because honestly, I never know what's coming up. And that's so fun for me because in the cookie cutter world we live in as well, right? There's this fear of individuality and it's like, be yourself, but then be yourself with this template over you. And um, I'm so not a template girl. Well, I do love it in Canva and stuff, but (laughs) outside of that. So I am bringing you people, the one and only Margot Neely. And now I'm going to let her talk a little bit and tell us a little bit about yourself. And then we're going to see where the hell this goes. Let's see. I, I just want to say, too, to respond to what you said on social media or with whatever I'm creating, I also never know what it's going to be. And that's part of the fun of it for me. So I guess I can kind of segue that into saying that if if a person followed me on social media, 
Um, over the course of the last three and a half years, I've made over 1,000 films. And that was a film a day that I executed on my own almost entirely, with the exception of a few that had some dear friends as collaborators. Um, so that was part of my practice to make a film every day. And then that kind of um, morphed into telling in chunks these books that I've written over the same course of time. In my professional life, um, some people know me as a professional actor on stage and in film in New York and on the big screen and on television. Um, I'm the creator of the television series Ladies Revenge Club, which won New York Comic Con, New York Super Week. I am the inventor of the TR-808 Beat Sneaker, which has reached 6 billion people around the world and had 54 million fans and lots of articles written about it. So I do essentially whatever comes to mind. I also have a company called Neely and Daughters where I create strategies, um, not just creative, for businesses and startups and help them kind of hone in and create their vision and place in the world. So I do a lot of things. I, I do whatever comes to me, but I'm very methodical about it. So it's not kind of, you know, floofy, a messy in the ether. So I get these very clear visions and images and words from a divine source, I say, and then it's my job as the human machine to filter it and actually export it, you know, through me using skills that I've developed over the years. So it's a daily practice for me. Uh, it's like playing piano or an instrument or something. We're singing anything where you have to really learn and understand the mechanism and then you can, you can improv after that. So mm -hmm. yeah. that's one of the reasons that I've, I, I thoroughly enjoy your energy and being because I, it's the integration of that soul energy. You said your humanness as the machine, but that's the integration, right? That's you listening to your soul and recognizing, Hey, I got this pretty cool body that can act that and, and literally physically act as well as act on stage. Um, it can move, it can create, it can be brilliant. It's got aspects of it I don't even know yet. And like listening to all of that and the discipline and the diligence that a lot of people miss when you said floof, it's like it, we have to have some of this intention yes. or you'll, you know, woo yourself out of the world. Absolutely. Right. Like you always say this thing, which I love to. I love to say and tell people and say, Vicky always says, you know, you have to live in the world and pay bills. Mm -hmm. You you can be as connected to the divine as you want to be, but you're still a human being living on the earth. So for me, part of being here is that um, connecting through meditation to things I understand intuitively about myself that I think are sort of baked in my DNA, things that have been passed down to me. Um, traits, not just physical traits, but skills and things like that, and look inside. And and I've been doing this since I was, I mean, quite honestly, a toddler. 
and kind of hearing what's calling me and then uh, taking that calling and also listening to what is outside of me, above me, beyond me, coming to me from the universe of ideas. And then where the two things meet, I feel it's my job to be intentional and to create and cultivate myself intentionally so that I can literally physically bring the work into the world. Mm -hmm. And I also can't judge the work and what comes to me because frequently I, it's very clear when it comes to me. And sometimes I say, Ooh, that might push some buttons. I don't know if I'm comfortable doing that, you know, but I feel that I've been led in such a way that when I do look back at what comes through me, uh, the hindsight is often 2020. If I had judged it and not done, not executed some of these things along the way, I couldn't have moved forward on the path. And I wouldn't really have understood the journey, if that makes sense. You know, so it's like a trusting in that, um, the trusting in the senses, the, the intuition and this information that's coming from, um, to me, it's God from God, you know, and God like, doesn't always give us the same journey. And as you were saying, God didn't put us all here to be a stamped out cookie cutter that we all do the same thing and fit in the same boxes and play by the same rules. Sometimes God gives us challenging things to do and say, um, that's part of the growing. I agree. And I think it's the growing of the God energy too, or the universe source, whatever your, your connection is. I know we contribute. Yes. Right. Like the more we give back to it, the more we get, and it becomes this give and take kind of like you were saying before too, about being inspired by other people is the, the seeds that we get other people and all of this kind of inspiration, all of these inspirational things and energies that are around us, the more we allow for them, the more open we are to them, the more we're able to ultimately contribute and give back. And then we just create this kind of infinite cycle of growth uh, and expansion. Right. And using each of our perceptions and experiences and contributing to this great big recipe that we have going on right now, like you, some of our meals may not mix with others, you know, there might be some pretty <laughs> gross mixtures in there. Uh, and, you know, and other times it's like, Ooh, like yesterday I made, or the day before I made some really oatmeal raisin cookies, like the best I've ever made. And, um, but you wouldn't want Tabasco sauce on that. So like, we all have a, a unique spice yes. to bring the world <laughs> and to contribute. And inspiration is one of my favorite words because it's not only about breath, it literally has in spirit in the word. Yes. And so if you're feeling inspired rather than motivated, the crack of the whip and everything, if you're feeling that, like you said, you feel led, to me, it often feels like there's a hand at the, my back, like when you're trying to get a toddler to move through the grocery store. Yes. And I'm like, I, I'm not really sure I want to go there. Oh, I do want to go there. Okay. I, yeah. I guess I'll go there. I guess I'll yeah. figure out how this is going to work into my life and how <laughs> we can bring this to other people. Yes. When you were younger, were you aware of it? Yes. So this is the thing I said on the previous recording that I've never shared that I will share again. 
So I, I have, um, I have crib memories, but I, if you asked me a date or a day or an event, I could, t- I could recount the events of the day to you by year. And it's a weird thing. And I also had the ability to read. I had musical abilities and artistic abilities. So going along with this, the outside world was studying me, trying to figure out how does she know this stuff? How can we aid in her education? I knew I had been here before Mm -hmm. and I spent all of my time when I was not you know, with people or when I was with them, kind of receiving this information from the other, the other place. For me, like I say, it was God. And I felt this incredible connection to God. And from the time I was young, even though I was always doing these kind of creative things and, and reading and, and things, I really wanted and needed a life that was connected to God and to service. So I thought as I got older, I would become a nun because contemplation and this information and quiet were so important to me. Um, And I asked God, as you are supposed to do, you know, is this, is this the path for me? Um, Is this my calling? And God said, no. And then it's true. (laughs) when When you say, Hey God, I'm here for you. And God says, not that way. <laughs> and then you say, well, then what am I to do? And they show you things that make you feel uncomfortable. And you say, well, God, I don't know if that goes along with all of the, you know, more dogmatic beliefs, I believe, or some things, you know, religiously that this makes me uncomfortable. It, the answer was, this is your path. This is your journey. And you do have a choice to say, I will accept this and I will do it or I won't. And I guess I was about 16 or 16 when this happened. And I said, yes. And among this, this kind of elaborate assignment, one of the main things was that I was to do everything in my power to cultivate myself. I had this download of information that I was supposed to take and not just accept it as this gnosis or now I know all these things. I had to go out into the world and validate all of the information. If it was a philosophical belief, I had to find the book and the philosopher and read the book. If it was something having to do with cultivating my physical being, I had to do that. I had to do a lot of work. That was the job. You have to do the work to train the body and the mind and connect these this divine gnosis to the physical work in the world And then you're going to start creating all of these things, which they showed me like a like movies, which were the movies that I made. And I thought these movies are crazy. I can't make, I can't be that woman. I can't do it. People are going to, what are they going to think? What are people going to think? And so I didn't, I worked on myself, but I kept pushing the assignment back. And then ultimately I got, it got in trouble for not doing the, that work, I was doing lots of work that was acceptable. Like you were saying, it was it was not cookie cutter per se. It was a little over the line. I think it made some people uncomfortable, but I was doing a lot of work for other people. I would put my own work aside. If someone came to me with a job, I would say, well, I'll do my thing later. I need to do this now. I need to be more practical. And I did that for years and years. Mm-hmm. And then I got a real 
divine wake up that was not pretty that said, what about the promise you made? This is your part of your job here. And it doesn't matter if you're scared, you're going to have to do it. Mm -hmm. That's why you're here. And you're going to learn and you're going to grow and you're going to take heat and people are not going to understand. And you might not understand, (laughs) but you have to do it. And, and I've, and I've seen through doing it, um, the purpose of it. And more importantly, maybe other people saw the purpose and have written me really amazing messages about when I see it, I get it. And I, and have shared their thoughts and, and really kind of a moving thing that has happened is people um, are always respectful, which is like, you know, you share terrible stories about people getting gross DMs and things and messages. I have never gotten that, but I've gotten a ton of messages from men and women who said, every time I see you doing this, sorry. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. When I see you doing this, it gives me the courage yeah. to be myself. And um, I don't know what it, I don't know why. I just, I see you and I feel like I can get up in the morning and brush my teeth and it makes me smile. Mm-hmm. And I feel good. And that's really the function, I think, of so much um, in the world that when you're a creator that people really want to do is to give people the feeling that they're not alone, that it's okay, you know, to be you and not worry and put yourself out there mm-hmm. and not try to be like everybody else because we're not here to be everybody else. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Because uh, it is imperative that we hear that message, I think, over and over and over again because not everything drops in the first time. And someone can tell you, be you. Yeah. I think until you really say, I'm going to just, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to care. I can't, I have to put my trust in my heart and my soul and the feeling beyond me, the inspiration or the pull toward the other people that interest me. And I'm not going to worry about what the person to the left of me or the right of me thinks, because I also think sometimes the world is trying to move us to the right place. We don't all start where we belong, mm-hmm. you know? And that was one of the messages that I got when I asked, is it my calling to, you know, to be a sister? Mm-hmm. And they showed me, you're not in the right place. And this is intentional. And here are where the other people are. Mm-hmm. And you have to do all of these things to connect, to literally connect the dots and connect with the other people. And it's not going to be easy, and but that's part of it. So, it isn't that part of it. It's I, I know we often hear, and I've said it myself that sometimes doing the work, the hard work, anything physical, emotional, spiritual, it really is the celebration you get to have afterwards. That whoa, that was bigger than I thought it was going to be, or it was dynamically different than I thought it was going to be, but that's what I actually needed to experience. But I couldn't see it before because the precognition wasn't there, but the recognition is there. <laughs> so right. you have to have a little bit of the looking forward with a little bit of the rearview mirror 
you know, and, and use all your side mirrors and, and everything. And maybe that little extender, if you drive a trailer, you know, <laughs> so that it takes paying attention to all of this. That makes this journey so amazing. Now you obviously had a connection with yourself along with this inspiration, this pull push. It ends up being both, I think. Do you have any guidance for those that might have a difficult time hearing that hearing it so clearly? Because one of the things I get often is, well, Vicki, you can see it. You can hear it. Well, not always. And that's yes. why I asked you about, about your childhood, because it wasn't just laid out there easily. No. It's sitting there squinting, going, what the hell does that mean? I don't know what yes. that means. What's this mean? What? Go where? Do what? I don't know. So yes. what would you say to those who have listened to you and already dismissed? No, it is not easy. It is two things I'd like to say. The first is more more broad. And the second is personal, which I hope will make them go back and rethink. The first is it's like a muscle. Yeah. You have to train it. And you might try all the things people say, like, write in your journal and do the meditation this way and go, nah, this is not working for me. Right. So don't do those things. Right. Sometimes for me, I mean, I've done a million different methods of meditation, but the thing that works for me is walking, which everyone who knows me knows I'm like constantly walking around and music. Um, and so much of my stuff is connected to music. So when I'm out and I am just kind of in the world embracing this, it's like the floodgates are open. I also would do this at my office, sitting in the chair with the music playing. And it wasn't an imagination because I could see it and feel it. This flood of ideas coming in through the top of my head. The other part of this is practicing this and doing this, this muscle, is that again, you live in the regular world. Now, I'm the type of person that always followed rules. I trusted authority, my elders. I never gave anyone any trouble. I didn't want to make trouble. I could stand out on stage or at school where it mattered where something was being earned. But rocking the boat was not a thing that I in felt intuitively I should ever do. So kind of running concurrent with this training and opening to the receiving was me having to shed over time my concern with what other people around me feel and felt, which was the hardest part because that can be the block. It can be, I'm getting all these ideas and I see myself in this amazing light and I know what I am. I just can't be it because Jane and John are going to talk about me in the supermarket. And that's heavy or was very heavy with me. And I didn't do things for a long time because I didn't want to rock the boat and I cared not to upset other people. You know, I feared that. Um, so it was a very long journey. I'm going to be 44 years old. So it wasn't like I was one of these people that, you know, and there are people like this that don't have that chip mm -hmm. where from the get go, they're receiving and then they're just being, you know, they're being their full self, their totality. I didn't have that. I was a very well-behaved child, adult. And then when I got a little bit older, everything started to unravel, you know? 
Um, and now I'm at a point only in the last year or two where I just say, I really don't care. <laughs> I'm really here for the divine uh, experience, the experience of other people, souls, the inspiration. That's where my creative stuff has to live. If people don't like that, then they're not my people. Mm-hmm. And that also goes into another thing related to the cookie cutter thing and the social media thing and the world we live in. This myth that we need so many followers and so many right. people. And that is just not true. I mean, you're not, if you're in it for the followers, that seems to me to be sort of, um, you know, narcissism driven potentially or capitalism driven or even fear driven. You don't need that many people. You just need to ultimately, if you're trying to reach people to reach the right people, but really it is an, a more importantly, it's about an authentic expression of yourself. That might only get you three people in your whole life. You know, that really... But those three people... They're going to be the most important people. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to be your people. And it's it's, life is not about collecting people, cluttering people that you don't connect with. Mm -hmm. It really, to me, is about just just the authenticity and the connecting with with other souls that you feel like we were saying before, you have this kind of cyclical growth, this kind of growing expansive thing that enriches, um, even if things are bad, you know, or good enriches your experience of being here. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Because so often this is also that comparison thing, right? Where people will be like, well, she can do it, but I can't do it. That's not for me. And sometimes I think that's a laziness. And I'll, yes. I, I will challenge someone, a client, if, you know, if you've paid me, I'm not going to walk up to you on the street and challenge you that way. But if, <laughs> if you're saying, well, that's for the other person, I'm like, well, I'm sorry. We all came through the same door. So, yes. You know, we do have the opportunity. Your soul may have signed up for a different route in order to arrive there. But what matters to your soul? What feels genuine to you so that you can sort that out? Yes. And you're not disingenuous in the rest of your life because you think you have to be that over there. And it's, you know, like you, I was the the good girl. Like I didn't, I didn't have yeah. parents. I, I did dot every I, cross every T, make sure everybody was okay. Yes. And then later on, and, and in my 40s and, and now in my 50s, you say you don't care. I'm going to challenge you. But, like, I, yeah, I you know, well, you know I do care. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a flippant, yeah. like, a, yes, I do care. But I think there's less of a consideration that what you're saying over there is who I am over here. So it's not that we care less about what other people say. It's more that you... F- finally, I don't really like that word, but finally have the um, ability to be like, nah, that doesn't resonate. And I do, I really am feeling this urge now to echo what you were just saying about the laziness, which I know is something we talked about a lot in the last recording. And I see I mean, sorry. I do want to get on a soapbox right now and give a little tough love and, and, and make it a little personal 
the laziness that you're saying, it's a real thing. The excuses that people make and the laziness and the fear are a real thing. I'm going to use myself as an example. So I'm given all these movies. I'm given all this stuff to do. Just so the audience knows, I came from nothing. A lot of times people will see me and they'll say, oh, she must have had this silver spoon. Incorrect. I had nothing. Everything I had to do, I had to earn it. I had to work for I had to work five times as hard at every obstacle you could possibly imagine in my life. And like everyone else, there were times I said, well, I can't complete this journey. I have to wait for the money. How can I make the movie if I don't have the money? You can make the movie with no money. Part of me doing what I did was literal proof. I made those movies with zero dollars. Now, some of them are very like deliberately rudimentary, which is how they were given to me. Others are very complex. And every skill that I learned to make those was because people said no to me. I don't want to help you. I'll help the other person. Um, I didn't have money to do, to do my advanced degree like I wanted to. I had to learn this stuff on the internet, out of books from Amazon, going to a library. If you if you know you have to do it, you will find a way. Like I have two children. I have I have had all kinds of crazy. I had nowhere to live. Literally nowhere to live. I had nothing, Vicky. <laughs> And I found a way, I found a way, no matter what you have to do. Not that I'm telling your audience beg, borrow, or steal, but I am. You have to, if you feel you must, and you know it's in surface of something beyond you that you're burning to do, that you just know you have to do, then you need to stop being lazy and stop with the excuses and stop saying, I need the Kickstarter. Mm. You don't need it. You just do the work. You start with a book. You get mad while you're reading the book. You say, I can't believe I have to do things like this. It would be easier if I had help. You can do that, but you still have to do the work. You can complain all you want. I complain. I complain like a champ, but I also get the work done like a champ. Because I know in my heart, I have it in me. God put it in me to do this, to see all this. So it's my job when I get it to do it, to figure out a way to do it. Because there is a greater reason for me doing it. And it doesn't have to be me. It can be anyone. Anyone can do it. If you feel it and you know it's in there, you've got to do it. It's all in your life. You can. You're allowed. You are that. You will do it. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be like all of it overnight. That's a lot of what I see. and. Yeah, working with people and like, okay, 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 okay. I see that this is where you want to be. What's the first step that we have to take? And like, can we get as excited about the first step? Yes. As much as this, I had someone say to me this morning, well, it feels like I'm always starting over. I said, well, welcome to the human race, my dear. I I don't know. Yes. That's a huge point. I just said that the other day. I said, I can't believe I got to do another thing. And somebody said to me, well, guess what, honey? You're going to be doing another thing, another thing, another thing, another thing. Yeah. Get used to it. Yeah. Some people, it's, it's easy. It's not like that for everybody. But for those of us, it's like that for, hey, that's that's life. Yeah. So get in the game, man. 
this is the, this is like why people are like, oh God, I thought maybe I was okay with her. Now I'm not sure. Well, you should be hearing this probably. And they take it from I, me. And I love that you just said that. You should be hearing this because well, you you know what I do. Like people will come to me and they want me to tell them what how amazing their life is. And I'm like, but you're living the life. I can tell you what I see about said life, but you're still gonna have to get off your ass. You're and still gonna like, have to do these things because I want you to love it. Because yes. I want you to be the one saying, Well, yeah, Vicky did mention that, but here I am because I did ABC and got me here. And instead of looking for, I call it the drive-through method, you place the order at the little squawk box and you pull up to the window and you want it delivered there. Well, there's not much joy in that. There's heartburn. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Whatever you just ordered in the drive-through, I promise you, there's probably heartburn following it. Yes. it's And this is the thing that we talked about too with these very popular um, ubiquitous idea of manifestation, which you and I have talked about. It's 100% real manifestation and putting that energy where you want it to be. However, you gotta do the work. Yeah. Like you're saying, if you just go through the drive-through, you're going to end up with heartburn yeah. and it's, and there's no joy and there is joy in the work. Um, and the manifestation is the work, right? You know, it's setting the intention and doing your meditations and having that energy and seeing the end result, manifesting the visual, the end result, the tactile sense of it in your mind. And, but you also have to put your hands in the dirt and make it, you know, there's an app for that. I created an app for developing intuition. I created an app that will help you connect with community. And I created an app where you can take courses at your own leisure and then attend live events with myself and the rest of the amazing people that are connecting within the Vicky B app. You can find this app in Google Play. You can find it in the Apple Store as well. I do hope that you head on over there, download it. Yes, there are in-app purchases, but there's also plenty of content that is complimentary. Thank you so much for being interested in this, and I hope to see you within the app. But this process of knowing your your path, um, I think we can't get off our path. I think sometimes our path wanders through trees that we did not see. <laughs> and we're like, how the hell did we end up in the desert when I was just in the swamps? And, and then I was in the, you know, beautiful Puerto Rico or something. And now I'm in the freaking desert. What happened? So we can't get off our path. But this idea of, it sounds like you listen intently to not only what's coming through, but what is being driven from your power space, from your solar plexus, from all of this humanness, if you will. Yes. Um, can you give us a couple of things that you use that actually keep you in in a more I love the word strategic not everybody does but in a in a more uh consistent that's a great consistent word consistent I feel like I was made that way I'm very methodical so and and a funny manifestation of this too is a lot of the pictures that I put online are very much in opposition maybe to how I see now where I'm more kind of lively. Mm -hmm. 
because the pictures are of my focus. Mm. They're pictures of me looking at myself in my focus. People think I'm trying to look sexy, but it's just me. (laughs) That's my focus. And so I can sit for quite literally, I'm like one of these crazy people that could sit in focus for 15 hours on a task. Mm -hmm. I can receive things from this other source, this divine source, and use my body in a very focused way to execute um, things like on a computer or something. Um, and that is just the way that I am, that I'm able to focus the mind. But I will say becoming orderly is, is an essential skill mm-hmm. when people do not have the ability to synthesize, mm-hmm. to pull things together, to get them in a logical order. It drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of the job the divine gives us is here's a very focused picture. Now it's your job, just like you might have in, in grade school, to get this in order, like a list, and then execute everything piece by piece. So just like you were saying about, can we just do step one? Mm-hmm. This is so important. First, you have to hone that vision of what it is you're trying to create. Whether it's a business or whatever, you literally have to visualize every single aspect of it so clearly that you wish you could somehow put a VCR on your head and tape it, Mm -hmm. fit the tape out and give it to someone and say, here it is. This is what it looks like. You're the VCR. You're the tape. You're going to spit it out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you have to hone that image in your mind and then you have to use the mind to get it in order. So that someone else who's not in your head, who's not speaking your language, could look at it on a piece of paper and understand what you're seeing. It's like speaking another language or trying to translate into another language for someone, um, making things very clear and concise. Because that's all, all to me, everything is translation. Mm -hmm. Every single aspect of communication is This is where I am. This is what I see. This is how it makes me feel. And I need you to understand it. How do I get all of that in that big cloud out of me so that you understand what I'm seeing and where it fits in the world? Mm -hmm. So to be so deliberate in nailing down your steps for executing things. Mm -hmm. Then after a while, that becomes rope. You know, the more you do that, It's like, now I have a vision. I know exactly how to execute it. I know where to get the pieces from. I know how they fit together. I know how many hours it'll take, you know? Um, And then you just do it. You crank it out. You really do. And you start cranking things out. And the more you crank them out, the more things come to you. Right. It's like a cleansing process. Yes. Also that that muscle of um, activation but also dependable, you know, like if you're lifting weights, you start to lift heavier weights and it's like not really a big deal that you're picking up that 40 pound thing anymore. When at first you were like, excuse me, 40 pounds. So yes, you know, it's the the process. And I think people really underestimate how 
amazing it feels to be organized, to be uh, in alignment, to have whatever it works for you, right? People have, have, have different methods, but all of it is about getting the energy in order. Yes, so right. If if it's chaos on your desk or your office or your head, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's still yeah, chaos. It's still chaos. And I was just going to say, to me, divinity is the antithesis of chaos. Yeah. Because when it gives you something, for me, it gives it so clearly. And sometimes, like we were saying earlier, you have to kind of train it so you can hear. Right. Sometimes, sometimes it's so clear. And people are chaos. People are chaotic because they're disconnected yeah. from from themselves, from their wants, from the divine inspiration, from the inspiration from other people. And they are chaotic. So it's the getting in alignment is aligning with the with the non-chaos of the divinity and being that thing. Right. I'm going to get this out of me in an orderly fashion, in a productive manner that feels good. And like anything else, like weightlifting, you know, it's also it's it's challenging. Yeah. But the more you do it and the more you're used to the routine or dance or piano, the chore of it in the beginning becomes a magical freedom that is not a chore anymore. And it feels wonderful when you're in the practice of doing these things, when you integrate that practice and it becomes a part of your body and your cells and you know your movement. After a while, you find the freedom beyond the rules. So, And then you feel called to do it more. Yes. Because yes. you've established a relationship with that energy that this feels good. And that, and it doesn't mean you have to choose one thing and stick with it. Like you can definitely be a Renaissance being. Yes. That willingness to show up, to do it, the, you know, now that I do everything virtual and like, do, you're expecting me to come to your house and do these things we've talked right. about that you wanted to do. Do you, do you really want them to do it? Because trust me, you do not want me to show up. A whole different Vicky shows up on that day. Um, and right. you might not want that, but do you want the joy of feeling like your soul and human cell, your soul had an intention in coming in and is divine and your human self hears that intention and is like, okay, buddy, let's run with this. And then back and forth, the communication back and forth, and then feeling really good. I always think of little kids when they say, I did it. Yes, I like, did it. <laughs> we still want that feeling no matter how old we are. We want to feel like, I did it. Yes. Uh, you know, and that's why, like, even if somebody shows me a piece of work, I do not understand. I'm like, you did that? Yes. Like, whoa, that, how, where'd it come yeah. from? I don't yeah. understand. Explain to me where this inspiration joy comes from and how it got out because it would be freaking boring if we were all the same. And again, that cookie cutter thing. So on the lines of the laziness, I, you know, I've been called out for saying that because there's the excuse-o-meter. I'll say, well, where are we on the excuse-o-meter? Because it's almost lately, it seems like there's an award for not doing much and for <laughs> yes. like having yes. more and more issues. So yeah. it's like, what is <laughs> yes. the disease of the week? <laughs> yes. And, and yes. It's, it's, and I, 
I can appreciate that we're all searching for our wiring and what might be in there and how amazing it may be to hear, actually, it is your brain. You haven't been doing something so, quote, wrong, and quote, all these years. But there's still an effort that's deserved in that figuring yourself out. And if that's what you come to, fantastic. But there seems to be a desire to be broken lately. Yes. And yeah. um, like this is where say things other people may not like. Well, it's my podcast. I can. Um, <laughs> like that desire to have something broken within us, I actually think is coming from a pull of wanting to feel amazing, wanting to feel whole and thinking, no, I can't do that because so-and-so might have an issue with it. Yes. Yes. So how do you shut down that part? Those, those voices. No, they, I wouldn't shut down that part, but shut down those voices where we say, I don't care. It's more like, I care not to listen. Like, how did you? Oh, how to do that? That was, that was tough. That was tough for me. And I'm kind of honestly, like I said, I'm just sort of getting out of that phase, you know? Um, But for me, it was reaffirming my relationship to God. And I know when I say that word, I can already feel there are people out there listening to this as like, God, you know, they're caught up in a very particular religious belief or a bad experience or something. Yeah. That is not what I'm talking about at all. And I ask that people try to divorce themselves from their preconceived notions if they hear someone say that word because it's important. Yeah. I like I said put my I did part of my job where I was cultivating myself and doing a lot of work and then I had this very scary sort of divine being called on the carpet about not really doing the thing I'd agreed to do which terrified me so much that I could not do anything. <laughs> yeah. And a number of people that I went to see, professionals who said, who locked their doors and said, did you have a spiritual awakening? And I said, oh, no, me, that, what? No, this was a purely physiological thing. Don't bring that up. And then now I'll say on your podcast, it was absolutely (laughs) terrifying, horrible spiritual awakening that like ruined my life at that time. (laughs) Love it ruined it. it. It killed my life. It killed me. It ruined everything. It was ruinous. <laughs> but I then I kept I kept going to work. Like okay, everything's great. I, nothing was good. It was a disaster. Thank you and for saying that. <laughs> I was a hot mess, and I was masquerading as a fine person, which I was not. Thank you um, so much for saying that. I'm going to interrupt you here just because. <laughs> So often a spiritual awakening has this, you know, kind of thing with it. Like all of a sudden angels were fluttering and and they were massaging me. Every freaking dragonfly on the planet came to me with a message and I felt lit up from within. When most of the time a spiritual awakening is, what the F is this? Yes, it was that. What the honest to goodness is yeah. That. So thank you for saying that because 
oh, yes. it's just blown up. And so it's just ridiculous. That, oh, the yeah, that's another thing that people like to pretend. And I don't want to call them out with the lazy people. But I think if you believe you had a spiritual awakening and it involved a bunch of dragonflies flying around you and carrying you to a beautiful far off place, then you didn't have a spiritual awakening. If you had a spiritual awakening, you'd be hiding on the floor in your house, sobbing, begging your husband to not tell anyone and, and having, you know, uh, heart palpitations right. for you. No medicine could help. Right. Until you kind of have a moment where you come to this, uh, you know, economic. I actually had a stress test for that. Yeah, me too. And a brain scan. <laughs> and they were like, you're fine. I yeah. mean, I was going to the doctors and they're like, you're totally fine. You're normal. You're having a conversation. And I, but I, it wasn't. But thankfully for me, there were people in the medical profession who also don't talk about the spiritual Very stuff. Very yeah. And they were all locking their doors, MDs, and going, that was a spiritual awakening. Yeah. So you go talk to, this is what you do. And it's a long process coming out of that. Yeah. But you, but you relate it back when I um, was in denial after the awakening, and then I had my children, and I really couldn't deny anymore where I was at yeah. uh, with all of this. It was me quite literally reaffirming my commitment to that conversation with God um, about what I was here to do. You know, mission seems such a, a kind of a yeah, you know, yeah. we're not that crazy about yeah. because we can have a lot of different missions and, and things. But this was some very specific stuff that I was here, put here to do. And I said, I'm going to reaffirm this with God. And because I'm saying this to God and I'm saying it again on the podcast, it means that I can't pay too much attention to what the people to the left of me and the right of me think. They weren't in the room when I got the job. They don't know what lives inside of me. They don't know my deep connection to this. They don't know my why. And I am in an agreement to um, to do this. So if I divide myself and I say, I'm going to listen to John and Mary, and I'm going to put God second to them, and John and Mary's lives are a mess, mm-hmm. and they're you know, fake in the streets and, and, you know, <laughs> I can't listen to them. No, no you have to it be feels, so careful about it. Feels that awful. It feels awful yes. too, doesn't it? To try to cater to every individual person's needs and expectations of you when you only exist as an idea living rent free in other people's heads while they don't pay your mortgage in real life. You just said that to you know? in the last session, actually. You do? And I, I did. I said, like, it's just like, you, you can't, you can, you absolutely can. You have a choice. Can. And and that seems big to people sometimes to say you have a choice, but I would love for people to get excited about choice, to get excited about, well, I do actually have a choice in how I act and and who I interact with, yes, and how I carry myself. Like you, you can learn to not care what other people say, but you have to care about how you carry yourself. Yes, and you know, I think when you're being uh, 
when you yourself feel uncomfortable for a genuine reason, as opposed to, I feel uncomfortable because I fear the judgment of someone down the road. Right. You know, like, you know, "Eh, this doesn't really feel good to me, to me, not to them, to me. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel good to me. I'm not going to do it, you know, Um, but I, I will keep my own counsel. And my counsel is between me and some incredible source of light that provides these awesome things for for me to bring into the world and nurture and find other people who want to be a part of it. Yeah. There are so many and more and more. I, I just heard this expression. It's hysterical. Just talk about a drop in more and more coming above ground. Yes. <laughs> it's like, well, I feel yeah. the light. Let me come into the light. Um, and then being able to speak, like you said, the medical professionals and, and all of that, that there is more of an understanding, which to me, the reason this is called intuition, your first sense is we are in some ways arriving in a knowing we already had, that this is our first sense. This is our knowing, but there's no freaking manual, just like there's not on raising kids. And we do have to navigate it in our own way but also joyously, like we get to do this. And it, yes, there are times, like I used to call it the widow's whale and it wasn't just because Howard croaked. Like I was on the floor going, oh, I can't do this. I, like when I stopped doing mediumship readings, like there were more whaling, there was more whaling than there are whales in the ocean. Um, <laughs> because I was like, how do I let all these people down? I'm really good at this. Like, how? And I'm like, well, it doesn't feel... <laughs> genuine it doesn't feel yes. like me it feels like I, just because you can doesn't mean you have to. just because oh my god vicky that is me i feel like you literally took a word took a phrase from my head Sorry. plagiarized i plagiarized, plagiarized. <laughs> i literally i i one of my mantras is just because i know i can do it doesn't mean i have to because i have a lot of abilities that a lot of people say to me hey you know why aren't you still singing? Why aren't you down in New York doing this? But, but, but it just doesn't feel right to me right now. I appreciate that you appreciated that and like it, but it doesn't feel right. Today, it feels right that I sit and I write a book and I take pictures. Mm-hmm. 10 years ago, Broadway, you know what I mean? <laughs> doesn't feel right to me. And everything in my body says no. And I feel like exactly what you're saying, because you know, you could do it. It's not a question of proving it to other people either. They know you can do it. It's just, it doesn't feel right. And it's not the time. Not everything has to happen all at once. We have seasons for these things. And that's part of the going on the journey. And sometimes they're leading you down a path and then it gets quiet and you go, am I ever going to have another thing again? And then suddenly you're doing something new. Mm -hmm. So, you know, another reason to not be cookie cutter is you don't know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. It could be your biggest and best thing that feels so fulfilling and you had to go through all the other things to get to the new thing. Yeah. And to appreciate that and to also, I would love to rewrite the idea that there are such things as overnight successes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because we've been fed a line of hooey, but that could take us down a whole nother level. Yes. Margot Neely, you have to come back. 
I would love to. <laughs> it's my honor. I'm so thrilled to be here always. So thank you so much for coming on twice um, <laughs> for and many more times that you'll come back and we'll create series on this because I know you're good at it and I know you'll follow through. So I appreciate you. Um, do you want to leave like where people could reach out to you? People can reach out to me through my website, which is neelyanddaughters.com. Or if they just kind of want to go on the journey with things and, you know, hang out, they can check me out on Facebook and Instagram. It's very casual and uh, I post content every day. And a lot of that content will be migrated to the website in the coming year. I'm, I'm working on that. You know how it is. It's hard to produce the content and then migrate it and get it on a platform. So when you're one person. Yeah, when you're one. You need, yeah. It's, so. and, and to that point, I was actually just going to say this, that when you guys are looking at the creations that she's made, she really is writing these, directing and filming it with the exception of, a, like she said, a couple people that might have held the camera when she couldn't do it at that angle. Um, so... Just take a moment to appreciate that it is possible and then freaking enjoy it. Thank you. And please Thank come you. back. I will. I will. <laughs> you heard that, people. We're going to hold her to <laughs> Send in your questions for Margo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, do it. Let's do it. I'd be happy to. I'm scared. Well, like in a good way. Yeah, they ask great questions. It's, it's pretty, yeah. it's fun too, but to be like, this is like the long goodbye. I always do these things. Um, but it's like the stuff, you know, when you're in it for so long, you don't think of the questions. And then somebody asks you a question, you're like, that's so amazing. Let's talk yes. about that. So we're open to it, peeps. Send it on. Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. As always, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a review and take a minute to share it with a friend. You can find me all across social media at, at Coach Vicki Baird, and you can book a virtual session with me from wherever you are in the world at VickiBaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thank you again and see you on the next episode.